Cherise, page 19. Six people are already in the math room when I get there on Monday. This kind of surprises me a little. I take a look around the doorway first, because if it's only me and Mr. Collins, I don't plan on sticking around. But then I see Ashley and Deandra from math class. They are hanging all over Terrell. How desperate can you be? And passing a bag of chips back and forth. Marcel is there too, acting like his usual self. He's sitting on the edge of Mr. Collins' metal's desk, banging a rhythm on the side of it with his shoes. And James is in the corner near the windows, not paying attention to anybody with his head down on his desk and the hood of his gray sweatshirt pulled up. Since I'm not crazy about Marcel, and definitely not James, I slide into the desk next to Rondell and thunk my backpack on the floor. Hey girl, I say, trying to be friendly, even though Rondell is a real hard person to figure out. She's plain looking, but not in an ugly way. And she's smart, but not in a loaded over your head way. And she's friendly, but not in a real friendly way. Hi Sharice, she says, glancing up quick from the book she's reading and then back again. To tell you the truth, it kind of surprises me that she actually knows my name because Rondell is one of those people who seem like they wouldn't be bothered with knowing people's names at all because they have too many other important things to think about. I take a stick of gum out of my purse and unwrap it slowly. Mr. Collins' math room isn't much to look at. First of all, it's on the third floor and the ceiling leaks. So there's always a couple of garbage cans in the middle of the room with the words, do not move, written on them in permanent marker. And the blank walls drive me crazy whenever I'm sitting in class. If it was up to me, I'd fix the ceiling and hang up something, anything, and that would be a big improvement. I can't decide if coming to the math room is going to be any better than hanging around the Washington Boulevard Public Library day after day with the librarians giving me their usual over-the-nose stares and asking me if I have some school stuff I should be working on. You see, foster nun parent number five, JoLynn, doesn't allow anybody at home when she isn't there, and since she isn't there most of the time, I'm not allowed to be there either, which is why I mostly end up sitting in the blue plastic library chairs or in the mall food court or riding around on the city bus or wherever I can find a seat without too many weirdos or drunks around. After I pop my gum into my mouth, Mr. Collin comes into the room. His face doesn't look real thrilled to see us. He goes straight to his desk and starts shuffling through his stack of papers and books like he always does before he starts teaching. This better not be a rerun of math class, I think to myself. Finally, he looks up, clears his throat, and says, So, all of you are here to build a tetrahedron, right? No, a muffled voice calls out from the corner of the room. Don't want to be here at all. Don't care about no stupid geometry. Mr. Collins doesn't answer James, but I notice his face gets a shade more red. Well, this is the first time I've tried something like this, so all of us are going to learn this as we go along. Mr. Collins continues in a not very confident sounding voice. I'm going to put a chart up on the board and we'll get started. Then he turns toward the chalkboard and, talks, and takes about 10 minutes to draw a big chart using a yardstick to make every line perfectly straight and erasing any place where they cross over. Mr. 
Collins is one of those white teachers who looks like he never gets out in the sun much. He's soft looking in terms of muscles and kind of thin. And his light brownish hair is always parted too far to one side in my opinion. He writes the words tetrahedron team at the top of the chalkboard and puts each of our names first and last on the chart. Of course, he spells my name with an E, Sharice. The same he always does. I shake my head and think, Sharice, ah. How come you can teach math and you can't remember a simple thing like that? As Mr. Collins feels in his chart, I get the feeling that he doesn't have a clue about how to run after school clubs. I've been in just about every club there is because being in one means you don't need after school daycare. And if you don't need after school daycare, it means your foster non-parents can keep more of the money they get for you. So I've been in a spelling club, a cheerleading club, brownies, foster non-parent too was hair brownie, dramatics club, and even a hairstyle club. I'm almost an expert on clubs, you know. When a teacher finishes our names, I put up my hand. You're going to elect a secretary and a president next, I say, because I'm good at being secretary. Mr. Collins rubs his nose and said, sure, all right, let's do that. And he writes, secretary, next to my name without even taking a vote. Marcel says he'll be president and Terrell wants to be vice president. And I want to be vice president to the vice president, said Smart Mouth from the corner of the room. The teacher doesn't even argue with James. He just writes VP the second next to James' name. I keep trying to help Mr. Collins, even though I don't know why. Maybe we should make a list of supplies for the project, I suggest, and I can write them down. Since I don't know the first thing about building tetrahedrons, I get out a sheet of paper and wait for the teacher to tell us what we'll need. Glue, he says. I look up. What kind? Elmer's glue, rubber cement, or glue sticks? I don't know. We'll have to see, Mr. Collins answered in an uncertain voice. I don't think he does crafts very much. What else? I ask writing a neat number two on my list. I'm a very neat person because most foster non-parents don't like messy kids. So I keep my clothes folded in the drawers and my bed always made. Hey, at least it gives them one nice thing to say about me. A pattern, some type of tetrahedron pattern. From where, I ask. Mr. Collins rubs his eyes. I don't know, I have to find one. All right, number three, scissors, Mr. Collins says, and heavy paper. I write scissors and paper carefully on my list. What color paper, I ask. Deidre shouts, red, 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 like it's the last color on earth. White's cheaper than colored paper, I try to say, because I know a lot about how to get along on not much. For instance, Nobody would notice that my shirt is about two years old and a hand-me-down from one of my old foster nun sisters. I always iron my shirts with Jolene's iron so they would look almost new. Where do we care about money? Deandra shouts it back at me 
If we're going to be famous, who cares? From the back of the room comes Jane's voice again. Rainbow colored, he says, just being a smart mouth. Why don't we get rainbow colored paper? All in favor of using rainbow colored paper, I say, because it isn't that bad of an idea, you know. Why not use all different colors if money doesn't matter? And everybody votes in favor except James, who doesn't vote at all. He tugs his hood tighter over his head and mumbles that we are a bunch of losers. Marcel tries to tell him to chill, but he gets a punch in the arm for being dumb enough to say that to James Harris. Mr. Collins shuffles through his paper and pretends not to see any of it. Even with James Harris in the club, and Mr. Collins not knowing much about running one, I have a good feeling about it as we get up to leave. I figure that working on something, even math, has got to be better than sitting in the mall or the Washington Boulevard Library day after day waiting on Jolene. You never know. Maybe I would turn out to be like the math club so much, Foster Nun Paranormal 5 would have to come looking for me. Now, wouldn't that be a real change?